I'm Beck. And I'm Paul. And this is DV Declutter. <sighs> Are you exhausted? I am exhausted. It's mid-myth at the moment on DVD Clutter, the podcast about DVDs and decluttering. Cleverly hinted at in the name. Yep. Um, it's where we take some uh, DVDs, some old DVDs that we've got lying around. We watch them again and decide whether or not we should keep them, chuck them out, yep. or we, take them to the op shop. We put them on trial. We do. Yeah. Yep. It's like a bit of a, like, what was I thinking? Was I in my right mind when I bought this? Mm. Yeah. I don't think I'm in my right mind right now. No, because uh, you've just stayed up all night. Is that yep. correct? Just had an all-night Goldblum marathon, which was great. Not a lot of Goldblum in today's film. No. But um, I do have plenty of Goldblum to come. Oh, good. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah. Are they the same films that you watched last night? Uh, not Well, some of them, yeah. yes. Well, actually, only one of them oh, that's last good. night. You won't have to redo it too much. That's it, yeah. But um, um, you've really been going hard with Miff. I have been. Yeah. Which, back when I was young, <laughs> was a great idea. But now... Yeah, Paul has aged a lot since I last saw him. It's about <laughs> 93 right now. <laughs> Feel it a little. Yeah. But it's all right. Everything is fantastic. It is such an excellently run festival. Yeah. Um, I've had the Miff ice cream. Oh, I went to yum. the Miff lounge. Oh, wow. I uh, had a Miff dinner. Oh, my goodness. What's uh, a Miff dinner? Uh, they've done these like uh, collaboration dinners with Supernormal. Oh, for, yum! Like meals based on films. films. Yeah, it's like your Oscars party. That's just it. You'll hear about the Oscars party coming out. Oh yeah, uh, we'll explain it then. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but I've gone full myth. Yeah, you've gone full myth. Yeah. Um, that's great. It's a great, great vibe in the festival. Yeah. Speaking of Acme, this film had its own display at the old Acme. Did it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know when mm. it came out. First came out. No, down in the um. Screen Cultures Australia permanent exhibition. Oh. They looked at this film in particular. Oh, great. Which is... Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The spectacular, spectacular Moulin Rouge. Yes. Uh, One of my films. Yes. Yes. You don't have it at all? No. No. One of my um, all-time favourite films from when I was young. Hmm. Um, Blending both romance... um... (laughs) Oh, that's it. (laughs) It's... It's mainly romance. <laughs> Blending romance and Roman- musicals. And, you know, and pop songs. Yeah, I love pop songs. Yeah. You know, Especially when sung bread. by Ewan McGregor. Who can fault Ewan McGregor, though? What a gem. He, he's pretty great. I love him. Yeah. That face. Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. So, Moulin Rouge. Hopefully, I'm assuming everyone has seen it, but I guess uh, we should give a little breakdown. Yeah. Uh, as, as not being my DVD, I think I'll give it a quick run through yes please um so christian played by ewan mcgregor starts off with him working at his typewriter telling the story of moulin rouge yes uh, which is his story yes about when he moved to paris to join the bohemians yes the uh, bohemian revolution yes and he was going to write his story on truth beauty freedom and love that's it he's sitting there he's got the writer's block when suddenly a theater troupe falls through his ceiling they need a bit of help yep and turns out he's a beautiful poet yes so they get him to go across the road to the Moulin Rouge yep. to try and impress Jim Broadbent. Oh, yes. Who is... Plays uh, Ziedler, who's Ziedler. the maitre d'. I don't know yeah. what you call him. Well, he seems to He owns, owns the and Moulin runs Rouge the... and runs the Moulin yeah. Rouge and is the face of the Moulin Rouge. That's it. And Satine, played by Nicole Kidman. Yes. 
Um, Who is like the star of the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this theatre troupe wants Christian to Im- impress them with the poetry. Yep. On that same night, they are trying to uh, get the Duke, played by Richard Roxburgh. Roxburgh. Yeah. Oh. Rox- Roxburgh. Rox- yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, so the owner and Satine are trying to get him to give some money to turn the Moulin Rouge into a legitimate theatre. A theatre! Rather than the cabaret is yes. at the moment. So there's some crossed wires. Satine thinks Ewan McGregor, Christian, is the Duke. Yep. He speaks his poetry to her, which is some fantastic pop songs. Yeah. Uh, she falls in love with him, thinking yep. that, great, the Duke's actually a nice guy. Turns out the Duke isn't a nice guy. The He's Duke's really sleazy. Asshole. Comical things happen, leading to the fact that they hire on Christian to write the first musical for the Theatre of Moulin Rouge yes. that will be funded by the Duke. Yes. So they successfully secure the Duke's funding, but he has to have the deeds to the Moulin Rouge. Yes. And Satine for life. And Satine for life. Yeah. That's right. So, but Christian is obviously very in love with Satine. She's very beautiful. And, and Satine's Satine in love with him. falls in love with him through his song. So, so they're carrying on a little affair. Yeah, they've got a hidden romance. Hidden romance. Um, and they're getting away with it mm-hmm. until Christian stupidly writes show for the Moulin Rouge which is based on exactly what's happening to them (laughs) (laughs) but they're still getting away with it they're still getting away with it he's a bit like you know he just wants to believe that Satine loves him and Satine's really good at uh, convincing him of that yeah Mm. Um, until that uh, random dancer comes up to the Duke and is like hey guess what this play that they're putting on is basically the story of what's going on here essentially they still get away with a little bit from then but yeah, the Duke freaks out. He says, change the ending. Basically, change the ending or I'll kill Christian. Yep. Christian gets real sad because Satine <laughs> breaks up with him. Satine breaks up with him to try and protect him. Yeah, to stop him getting killed. Yeah. He storms into the theatre on the night of the performance and ends up forcing them to perform the show almost as written, which gets the Duke angry, but it doesn't matter because... Satine and him make up. Satine and Christian, that is. Yes, yeah. not the Duke. Yeah. yeah, Satine and Christian get back together through a song, this very uh, big and dramatic final act. Yeah. Um, and then, unfortunately, big bummer, Satine dies. <laughs> it's hinted at throughout the whole. Yeah. Well, actually, you know at the start because when he says this is a story about love, the woman I love is dead. He literally types that into his typewriter as the first things you see on screen. So you know it's going to be a tragedy as you go along. She has tuberculosis. She locus. does. Tuberculosis. <laughs> it's a flying tuberculosis. <laughs> that comes in plagues. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Um, she, yes, she has consumption. Yep. She's spitting up blood <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no. um, Christian's a fucking idiot. He's, I mean, we'll get into that later. He doesn't believe her when she says he's, that she's sick sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then she dies she and then dies in his arms. Him. Yeah, he's like, and that was the Moulin Rouge, yep. the end. Yeah, but he's, a, he's written his story. you kind of left with a little bit of hope that his story is going to go on and their story because she wants him to tell their story and, you know. Perhaps, but, you know, hippies, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I find that offensive. <laughs> We've gone through the story there, but we uh, didn't really mention the whole Moulin Rouge shtick, which is it's... A modern musical. It's set in old timey Paris, but yes. it's using all these modern pop songs from yes. I think sixty one different artists, or there's sixty one different songs included. Yes. Some sort of huge amount. All, all like um, Bowie and Elton John and Beck. 
Yeah. I don't know, like you name it, they're in there. It's in there. Um, Madonna. Queen. <laughs> yes. Everything. Yeah. I think the idea of that was they were trying to uh, communicate how incredible Christian's poetry and his writing was. So they took songs that were already having that effect on people and put them in there. So we would be instantly recognising the, the magic of the words and the magic of the songs. Yeah. yeah. And if you know... It so, for its thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a film by Baz Luhrmann, yes. in, case, uh, in case you don't know. And if you don't know who Baz Luhrmann is, he did... Well, the biggest ones, I guess, would be Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, so what was he, he did Strictly Ballroom, strictly which ballroom was like first. his real local... Yeah, that's Australian. Splash onto the scene. Yeah. Australian-made, Australian-produced. Still had quite a big budget mm. for his first Australian film. Oh, it was $3 million. Which is a lot that's, of money. It is a lot, but that's actually not... No, it's not too no. bad. But Moulin Rouge had like a budget of $80 million. I think that's what I yeah. was thinking about. Well, I think he really sort of proved his uh, ability with Romeo, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet yeah. which... Um, was worldwide phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially with its use of music. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And, and then it yeah. went, went from that to go into Australia. Yeah. And then... Bit of a downfall, some people Great would Gatsby. argue. Great Gatsby. Yeah. Then he's done that um, that TV series for Netflix. Uh, um, the Get Down. The Get Down. Yeah. Yeah. So, I haven't watched any of that. No, I don't think it got... It, was, it didn't review very well. No. Yeah. His whole thing is that he's over the top. He's mm. a bit crazy in the way he makes films. He's very um, opulent and extravagant yeah. and everything is... Um, Punching you right in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Which some people don't like and by your face, I'm guessing you might be one of them. Well, we'll, get, we'll get to it. Uh, yeah. It's a complicated relationship, I feel. Yeah. Oh, dear. That, I guess that's the film. How did this DVD come into your life? Anyone listening that has known me from when I was a teenager, an early teen, because this came out in 2001, 2002. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it was thir- I was 13, 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just I was just a very romantic child. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I loved romance. I loved tragedy. I remember watching Romeo and Juliet when it came out. I think I had seen Strictly Ballroom early on, um, which I absolutely loved that film too. I loved Romeo and Juliet. I just cried my eyes out the whole time. I love the kind of the idea of that that's something that's so romantic and so tragic at the same time. So I went into this ready to love it and absolutely loved it. When I, I remember coming out of the cinema in the Sale Cinema where I grew up. And um, just having like tear streaks like, <laughs> all down my face, and I'm pretty sure I cried from start to finish. Like, because you know that she's gonna die, obviously. So mm. I remember crying when whenever they would like sing their um, their love duet, the Come What May song, that would make me choke up, and yeah, I just would cry the whole time. And I just loved the extravagance of it. I loved how over the top it was. I loved the music. Yeah, it just it was kind of just so so romantic and so otherworldly that it really appealed to me so i bought the super special edition thank you the super special edition so it's a almost a box set in its of its own Mm. um it's got another disc with all the special features on it which i did watch again and i recognized a lot of them (laughs) as well because i i definitely watched them multiple times um so i know a lot about this film in terms of i've watched i just have watched this film a lot yeah, and I, I feel like anyone who liked movies growing up, or I'd get anyone really, has those films that they just sort of become sort of obsessed with. Yes. And they, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
this was definitely one of those for me. Yeah. And I was obsessed with as well, like the Red Curtain um, trilogy, because that's yeah. Romeo and Juliet, this, and Strictly Ballroom. It's interesting watching this now, because we study Romeo and Juliet in Year 10 English, which oh, I yeah. teach. Yeah, like I wouldn't have noticed all of the technical elements that are so similar between them from when I watched it as a child. But watching them now, there's so many techniques that he uses and um, just little things that are just so very him. So I guess that means we go on to my review of it. Yes, please. I'll give you some context on my uh, history with the film Moulin Rouge too. Please do. Um, So I was like big theatre dweeby kid growing up, you know, doing all the local shows, um, loving musical theatre. And because of that, a lot of people said to me, oh, I bet you love Moulin Rouge, right? And you're like, that's it. Exactly. (laughs) And it was like when that was happening, I was a teenager. So I was like, no, I don't. Yeah. I I hate that. I hate that movie. I prefer uh, Ripu, the genetic opera. (laughs) (laughs) So without ever, ever seeing it, I was already very much sort of like, against it yeah you wanted to hate it because it was mm. so popular and you didn't want to be one of the followers yeah. you didn't want to be a sheep that's that's it and then from that uh, i guess spawned a hatred of baz Luhrmann and oh. really of nicole kidman too oh no yeah i really started to dislike them all um so when i did see this i came at like the first time i ever saw it did i came at it cinema? with no okay no i came at it with very much i hate this and so i picked it you know I remember completely picking it apart, watching it with people. I'm like, oh, geez, like, you know, it's too over the top. There's too many um, cuts. There's too many zooms. There's too many, like, you know, because <laughs> there's so much going on oh, in this. It's, it it's is, overwhelming. Um, then later on, um, when I uh, was older, I was at uni and doing, you know, film and came to really appreciate what Baz Luhrmann kind of was going for with the ultra camp. Mm-hmm. Um did you and come for it? Did you have appreciation through Moulin Rouge or through his other films first? No, it's gonna it's gonna hurt you to hear it, oh, but it's through Australia that got me <laughs> that I, <laughs> that really took me to understand that I was like, oh no, now I get what you're doing, um, which is stupid, but like you know, I was just so ready to hate it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, through Australia came a, a real passion for Strictly Ballroom, which I yes. still think is my favourite of his films yes, completely of course. i agree um but yeah moulin rouge i i didn't really think watch again since i watched it in pieces and this i think was my first time watching it and how was it in full um it, it takes a little settling into yeah like even all the way up to the bit where christian uh goes to meet uh team yeah um so in this scene christian is there to meet Satine. Uh, and she thinks he's the Duke. Yeah. So in the one scene, within 10 minutes, it goes from them basically just making dick jokes, all this in, innuendo about, like, I want to give you my poetry and yep. your talent's so large, yep. to what sounds like the Qantas kids singing a version of This Is Your Song by Elton John, <laughs> to then the real Duke coming in and Nicole Kidman doing this full slapstick routine yes. about trying to hide him like yes. whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah like trying to keep the duke's <laughs> eyes away from christian hiding in the background that's it yeah. and i'm sitting there on the couch being like man i this is just yeah continuously getting punched in the face yeah. this is after you've had kylie minogue quick cut interspersed with an array of australian character actors 
Uh, you're talking about when she's the <laughs> the green, the green fairy. fairy, yeah. So so she's the little absinthe character, yeah. the little green fairy from a bottle of absinthe that they drink before. So she has a little five minute cameo, cameo, yeah. But this is right from the start, and you need to be, and you know, the amount of pop songs that are just getting churned out nonstop. <laughs> as soon as you sort of get accustomed to that, things get a lot better, yeah. And you're like, okay, still got no idea why the whole world loved this. Like, I really. <laughs> Puzzled me that because like, because it's a it's a, because it's a tragedy. Well, yeah. In some why aspects. did we why did we like well? <laughs> but it is. It's a tragedy. It's just it speaks to like I don't know the ultimate ultra romantic. It's like a Greek. Tra- well, I don't know. That's it. I think know? I think you're very right. I yeah. think it, when you sort of see it in terms of sort of Medea or yes, like totally. then you're like yeah. okay yeah. Um, and I will say by the, by the end of it, once you're sort of on this ride, like with the. Big come what may, yes. children of the revolution yes. finale. Yeah. You do get the um, you know feeling up up and down the back of your spine. Yeah. You're like, whoa, this is this is this is huge. But you really you got to let be, yourself be go. ready for it. Yeah. That's it. You got to let yourself go. Yeah. So look, yeah, I I did enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. I'd say as much as other films of his, but you know, I definitely did do enjoy. You, have you watched um, Romeo and Juliet recently? No. I have not. Do you remember it? I remember them speaking... Uh, yeah, Shakespeare, <laughs> Shakespeare in English. I remember the news report. Yes. This, yep. I love that bit. Um, and I remember some of the fights. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I and yeah. I it's wouldn't. also like having watched it a lot now because mm. of school, yeah. but it's just a, a very clever... I don't know. I, I, I really appreciate his techniques and they are very, very different. And I think you have to be, be, really, be very ready to... Um, suspend your disbelief for that time uh say like with moulin rouge and romeo and juliet probably less so strictly ballroom i think and i think that's it i think with his style the bit that just takes me a little bit uh of time to get used to with it is that it it draws attention that to itself as being a a film film. yes and that's that was the purpose of it yeah very he very clearly stated that they didn't want the audience to forget that they were watching something yeah and it it, i find it jarring but once you get into it, yeah. Um, it's you know a roller coaster of nonstop fun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Said very dryly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you'll believe you. Um, um, yeah. Well, that sums it up for me. How about yeah. for you? I definitely like. I definitely agree with a lot of that stuff, but I think I'm just so ready for the ride that I just love it. Mm. Um, and. It is so over the top and so extreme and extravagant and just ridiculous in a way. Like, you know, but I loved the aspects of it, like kind of what you're talking about that, that, um, you know, when they go from dick jokes to this romantic song to slapstick to whatever, I loved the pace of that. Like, I really loved how it could do that. I think that's a pretty skillful director and skillful um, actors as well that can move you from, you know, laughing or cringing or whatever you are in one minute and then feeling but maybe you didn't feel but i was like you paulie's looking at me with such disbelief well, right now i just want does it <laughs> does it successfully move you between well, does, them though or does it, just, does it just stack them up no it, it moved me between them okay. i literally wrote in my notes mm. to remember to talk about the fact that it you know it would have what did i say just that it would have the the funny and the serious moments in the space of a couple of seconds like it would and I, I don't know that was effective for me so yeah, yeah. and I guess 
I didn't notice it sort of past that first 20 minutes of the film. So yeah. it was probably just, again, me getting used to it yeah. and more comfortable with it. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I think a lot of yeah. people have trouble with that. But I'm going to talk about the, um, the special features as I talk about my review, I yeah. think, because a lot of... I mean, I'm just going to try and help you well, that's just it. Another point that I did just want to quickly add that I've got to talk about was I think a lot of the issue that I had watching it um, as a younger person too was I didn't understand all the references to the pop songs yeah so I kind of thought that it was a lot of original music with a couple of like bars of pop songs put in there and I think that kind of annoyed me too because I was just like I I didn't get how sort of maybe clever no clever how clever it was (laughs) putting all of this stuff together that was so hard for you to say yeah um (laughs) Which I really appreciated this time. I was like, especially the way that they overlay a lot of songs and yeah. tell a lot of the story through, through the tiny little snippets yeah. and pushing stuff all together. That, to the point that I felt a couple of times that that was kind of rushed and I was like, you could have extended out that music sequence. Yeah. And the music sequences aren't short by any means. No. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, it's definitely a musical. Mm. The music is is right yeah. there and like, both you and McGregor and Nicole Kidman are singing in real yeah, their real voices. Sometimes his voiceover I was like, can we just hear the rest of the song then you can oh, then you can, then talk. You can fill yeah. us in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, he's narrating as we go. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'll, no, that's I'll all right. Go back to it. Yeah, so I, I think I still while yeah, I while I'm not definitely not as enamoured with this movie as I was when I was younger, it's definitely I still love it. It has a lot of I guess it's got a lot of nostalgia for me. But I think I still like it as a film as well, and and I went. I also went through a stage of not liking Nicole Kidman and feeling irritated by her on screen. But um, I love her in this, and I we're watching pretty uh, Pretty Little Lies. <laughs> we're watching Big Little Lies at the moment, and she's so good in that as well. And I think she's a very skillful actor, so I really enjoyed watching her in this as well, as well as watching Ewan McGregor. Obviously, he's so beautiful. So I did watch a lot of the special features on the second mm-hmm. disc and yeah, a lot of the stuff, you know, about that going from funny to serious that came from Bollywood films. So they actually, did you read that as well? I did read about yeah. that. Yeah. So they were over in India, I don't know, shooting something else, I think, I'm not really sure. And yeah, they went and saw some Bollywood films and um, Baz Luhrmann was really inspired by that kind of way that they did that transition <laughs> and and I think you can see that mm. there is that like really over the top I mean I'm not a connoisseur of Bollywood films at all um, but you know we associate them with being like heightened drama and um, very over the top and that's that's very much a part of this yeah and also inspired by um, Orpheus and Eurydice the Greek tragedy mm. okay yeah so <laughs> <laughs> that's it's all in there yes it I, is all in there when so, you start to break it down you really do start to be like oh okay now you know well i think i, get I think more. yeah i think people don't realize that a lot of that stuff that it's been criticized for was actually done deliberately yeah. so if you and understandably it's not everybody's cup of tea mm. but it's not meant to be their cup of tea then yeah you which, know which is like my point before wasn't that it had to be everyone's cup of tea or that it was bad in any way. It just still just shocked me that it was enough people's cup of tea for it to be so incredibly so, huge. Yeah. But anyway, I'll let you continue. Yeah. We'll get to that later because I really want to do talk about the awards yeah. circuit yeah. with this film. Yeah. yeah. It was really interesting watching the interviews with um, Baz Luhrmann and Craig Pierce, who wrote it with Baz. Um, they've been friends since they were about five years old, I think, and they've written all the movies together. 
So Strictly Ballroom, Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet as well. And just talking about how the progress of the the way that it, it went about um, and talked about the fact that the, the Duke's name originally, they had this character called Count Von Groovy. <laughs> and that was his name and that was like his, his working his working name instead of being um, the Duke was Count Von Groovy. It was just such a labour of love, I think, to make the film. It, I mean, as is a lot of films, but it was like, you know, nine months of filming in Sydney, um, you know, people flowing from all over the world to be here for that extended mm. period of time. Huge for the Australian film industry. Yeah. Like, just you can't fault what he's done no, for the I, Australian I think film that's industry. One of the best things Baz Luhrmann does is yes. just really commit to supporting the industry yes. here. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, I think they had 300 costumes made in house, 200 hats made in house. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just insane. Um, the huge, the huge amount of work that went into it. Um, they also had a. The, the storyline with the father, because Christian was... So Christian's like from this conservative English background yeah. and he comes over to Bohemian Paris to be part of Montmartre and the the um, Bohemian movement. And he's yeah. got this dad who, you know, says, tells him, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just a sinful city and it's filled with sin and you're going to, you know, fall into dis- disrepair and we'll disrepute, whatever. Yeah. And they had all this whole storyline to do with that, which went along the father and son Cat by Cat Stevens, the song by Cat Stevens, which I found really interesting because I don't know how it would have actually fitted in. Like in in retrospect, thinking back, I'm like, oh, that doesn't fit at all. Because then they swapped it out for uh, Nowhere Boy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Which Which, is like a huge part of the... That's very much it. And it it gives the film a, I think it's opening. Nature's Boy. Yeah. That's it. Nature Nature Boy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it gives this film a really great feeling and opening. And Father and Son, I just think, would have been weird there. Yeah, same. Um, I can't imagine it. It seems jarring to think about oh, that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that that didn't. They actually couldn't get the rights from Cat Stevens. Yeah, and I wonder, because Cat Stevens came up with his own musical a yeah, few I years saw later. It. Yeah, me too. Did yeah. you like it? I oh, actually yeah. really enjoyed I love, it. I love Cat Stevens' yeah, songs, so, you know. Yeah, a I lot was, of people didn't like that, but I was like, oh, I liked it. Yeah. It you was just like go with the songs in the same vein as like Queen's musical, where yeah. it's like it's don't just, worry about the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy but the songs. I wonder if he was just being like, "Now nah, I got my own thing." Coming. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But that was a fair chunk of time in between, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It would have been about ten years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of comments as well from the the cast, just saying how that. Because it was such an epic, there was just a huge amount of bonding on set that mm. they haven't experienced of other in other films. Because I think it was so uh, quite demanding. It was very demanding. There was singing, there was dancing, there was all this extra stuff that you had to do besides just turning up and acting. I mean, just turning up and acting. Sorry, <laughs> actors. I did not mean that like that. Um, there was just it was very very demanding, and and well, Baz was quite um, specific. I think what that's I wanted. just it because you get the feeling of a stage show, yes. which you know has that yes. rehearsal yes. processing, and everyone gets so much closer. closer than you know people that come into their scene and exactly then right fly away from Sydney. That's right. So yeah, I think you really do feel that yeah um, throughout it all. Even like you know even with the the nasty characters such yeah. as the Duke. Oh, really played so beautifully. Oh. By um, Richard Roxburgh. By Richard Roxburgh, I love him in that. 
but I, it's just he just it's yeah. superb his performance is just superb and it's like and yes it's over the top and it's camp but it fits so uh, no, it's, well it's exactly and it's meant what he to be like that yeah, yeah. and uh, he talks about sorry here yeah. you go no just the like a virgin scene. oh my god i love it's it it's just so um he said that was one of the um the funniest things he, he's never laughed so much yeah. on a set jim broadman and richard rock uh, roxborough get to do uh madonna's like a virgin and when I saw it sort of coming up, because I couldn't remember that you at all. That from, yeah. Oh. And when I saw it coming up, I was like, you know, I was rolling my eyes, like, what is this going to be? But I was, <laughs> I was, I did not stop laughing for it. It's, it's Jim, Jim Baldwin so with a yeah. white tablecloth around yeah. his head, yeah. kind of pursuing and kind <laughs> of Richard Ruxpin. spoken. Like, <laughs> you, you made her feel yes. shiny and new. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, it's so good. Oh. But yeah, and he talks about how he did, how Richard Roxburgh talks about how he kind of was working on the character and decided that he should have this little lip twitch and this little rodent <laughs> um, thing happening with his lips. He's, he's like a rat, isn't he? He is it's like, and it, so it was so, yeah. yes, it just worked so well. Like he just, just this tiny little thing with his mouth and it just becomes one of the major, it just contributes to his character so much. He's such a icky, awful mm. character. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's just it's He's so a pantomime villain. Like, you can just imagine... Oh, absolutely. He's behind yeah. you! That Ooh. kind of... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, totally like that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say, which was so sweet, was in the interview with Ewan McGregor, he said, um, it's a good thing we made it in Australia because we've had the best support here. Mm. Which I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, what does that mean? I wonder what it's mm. like in other places. What What is it like on a film set in America compared to in Australia? How yeah. is that different? That is very interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because I don't know, like, what? why would there be more support here than there would be in America? Mm. So, I don't know. I found that really interesting and kind of nice. And maybe other filmmakers should come here too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a big year for the um, Fox Studios. Do you know the, what happened? No. Um, so Moulin Rouge went over schedule, believe it or not, <laughs> for a film like this. What? And they got kicked off because Star Wars had to come oh. in. No, I did hear that. And, yes. You know, so you and you McGregor, McGregor stuck just around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grew out a rat tail and was like, all right, I'm <laughs> here yeah. I am. Um, yeah. What else was I going to say? Oh, I loved seeing Luna Park right at the start. Did you notice that? I didn't notice it. Yeah, when he's walking into Montmartre, there's the, the he walks basically in to go into that section of yeah. Paris and the opening where he walks in where there's that there's all these um, sex workers on the street and this old guy who's like homeless saying like don't go in there like yeah. this kind of vibe. Wasn't that a priest? Up. Didn't a priest? Say oh, that? it was. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's a village of sin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Old homeless guy, guy, priest, whatever. (laughs) Um, And then he walks under the teeth of Luna Park. I was Mm. like, hey, Luna Park, which I never picked up on that before. I thought that was interesting. And I just, the costumes were amazing. The the dance sequences, like that sequence where they do Roxanne. (laughs) Oh, my God. They do um, the... um, The police. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Um, they do Roxanne when but, Satine has to go and seduce the Duke and have sex with him and Christian's like no I don't want you to I'm so jealous and then he has to wait down the bottom and she's up in the tower trying to you know seduce the Duke and they have this tango, tango version of the tango version of Roxanne which is just so say dramatic one of the most like I don't know that feels like one of the songs that was most well known from it yeah I feel like that um, Lady Marmalade yeah. and <laughs> Come What May yeah. are the ones that Sort of, yeah, yeah. Um, but you can see on the on the DVD special features, there's extended versions of all of the dance sequences, and mm. I remember watching that one 
um, the Roxanne one from they have all the different cameras because they had multiple cameras oh, filming yeah. at the same time and you can actually like click between the different cameras and see what is captured on each camera wow. which is really fun and it's just so it's just a beautiful it's like it, they're just in itself yeah. is an art piece the dancers oh very much so and again yeah it comes to play in each of the sort of big song chunks so yeah. there's sort of like some lighter song beats like the elephant love medley yeah. and stuff where it's yeah. just sort of um Moving Nicole the and you and, and but there's these big numbers which is i guess the initial Welcome to the Moulin yes, Rouge with yes, Lady Marmalade, yes. Can Can. Yeah. Uh, it smells like Team Spirit, yep. like all of that. <laughs> yep. Then there's, you know, this one, Roxanne. Yeah. And then the Come What May yes, at the end. The finale. Yeah. And yeah. I think th- those three moments are the ones where you're sort of like, oh, yeah, this is it. This yeah. is it at its purest yeah. form. Yeah. This is what it's um, about. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to mention oh, the costumes. Yeah. So, did you know this? In the can-can, mm. which is like a saucy, sexy dance. Yeah. They used to. So we all know the can-can dresses. Dun, they're like dun, these dun, big... Dun, 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 and they kick yep. their legs up in the air and they've got yep. these big dresses that they flip up and down mm. to show their undies. And originally, the undies had a slit in them where you could see the lady's vagina <laughs> as she kicked her legs up in the air. So that was the whole, like... That was the whole allure of of, it. of the can-can, was that you might see a bit of bush yep. or a bit of edge. Wow. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't know that. I was that is a pretty new shocked. It wasn't included in the film, I don't think. Well, would have, no. would have changed the rating. <laughs> so I think. They talked about it in terms of trying to create that same feeling of, like, sex and, um, yeah. like, what, what would you call it? Like, debauchery... I found there's a lot of like quick cuts to upskirts sort yes. of thing. Yes. Which was kind of like weird. Yeah, but I guess that was part of that was yeah. that was what the Milan Rouge was all about. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Oh, no. But the costumes were spectacular yes. and I think um, again, uh, Baz Luhrmann's wife, costume designer. Catherine Martin. Yeah. Is that his wife? Catherine Martin and Baz Luhrmann are together. I, can I just double check that? No, you're probably right. He married Catherine Martin. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. But that makes perfect sense mm. because they work together all the time. And, and she's a freaking genius. That's it. And I, I feel like, no offense to him, yeah. but I feel like she adds <laughs> oh, an awful everything. lot to every yes. one of his films yes, yes, that yes, really yes, make yes, it. Yes. <laughs> but she's not just costume. She's, she's the art direction art and producer. Direction. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, she's, so she oversees everything. Huge amount of creative control. And yes. you can see that together they're a huge creative partnership yes, too. Yes, um, totally. Across his film and his theatre work yeah. and, you know, everything. She's, she's amazing. Mm. Um, he also works with the same editor on all of his films. I think you'd need to, yeah. wouldn't you? Just because for the, what he's gone for, I don't think you can just get someone to come in <laughs> and be like, what the fuck have you shot here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, I actually, I was surprised to see that he didn't edit it himself. Yeah, I think he does a lot with her. Her name yeah. is Jill, uh, Jill Billcock. Yeah. And she's done his other films as well. Um, I think talking about the costumes and the editing is a great segue to talking about the awards life yeah. of this film. Tell me everything. He got nominated for a bucket of yeah. awards. Yeah. A huge amount of awards. I think it was the most nominated film that year. Yeah, eight Oscars it was nominated for, uh, including Best Picture and yeah. Best Actress. So the only um, acting award nomination was Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. Um, which... You know, I feel like there's some... Oh, the rest of them <laughs> yeah, are so good. Some short-changed yes, people in there. Because totally. there's some really good character acting 
done yes. for a lot of those supporting roles. Yes, but, you totally know, agree. You know, packed years and stuff. But it nominated for eight, came away winning Two. art direction, uh, costume design, yeah, yeah, and nothing else. And then the winner was A Beautiful Mind. Oh, so different. Which <laughs> is really confusing, and that, that's I guess where my like head just explodes because for them to sort of realize that this film was something special but then to give the ultimate prize to a beautiful mind a beautiful mind which look i'm not this isn't the beautiful mind podcast so i'm not going <laughs> to give all my impressions on that but it's uh it's all right yeah it's a very different kind of vibe very different and that's you know so sort of a more global or i guess a very american perspective right let's have a look at our own industries awards oh, yes. which were the afis at the time now the oddly named actors <laughs> <laughs> um again it was nominated for a heap of stuff yeah so it obviously yeah, got um, nominated for best film yeah. in australia it lost out to lantana oh again just like <laughs> <laughs> lantana i think's an excellent film. It very much like, you know, if you're going to tick some boxes of classic Australian drama sort, yeah. of, sort of film, it, it's all there. But just to see it... I know. ...be nominated there, then... So get this appreciation, like it was nominated for... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... It was nominated for ten Awards. Australian Film Industry Awards. Did it win anything? Uh, yeah, it won uh, costume design, production design, sound, editing, cinematography. Right. So it won all the... Won all the below the line, all the text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, I just found that mind-boggling. Yeah. That they can appreciate this as something different and push it all that way, but then be like, no, nah. we're going to go for kind of, kind yeah. of the polar opposite is yeah. what is the best. Because maybe they're going, we see what you're doing, we like what you're doing, but we we want to be traditional. I, guess, or, I don't know. I guess it happened again more recently in a similar vein. I'm thinking, this is just me thinking on the spot here. Yeah, with, right. When Mad Max won every tech that year yeah. Mad Max was my yeah, favourite yeah, yeah. film of that year Fury Road yeah not the original no yeah <laughs> that's it uh, Fury Road um, won all the techs yes and then people were confused to see it nominated in Best Picture at least in the local industry awards there was more actors nominated as well oh, Richard Roxenberg got um, Best, a Best Supporting, supporting. Actor nomination uh, and Ewan McGregor got a Best Leading Actor nomination what a crazy time what a crazy time indeed the other thing, Baz Luhrmann, because this, I mean, this was 2001, so peak DVD mm. time. Oh, yeah. And um, the features, the special disc with the special features, definitely make the most of that. In the interviews, Baz Luhrmann talks about that. This DVD format allows us to do so much with the special features and allows us to give you so much of the behind the scenes and allows us to see all the dance routines in their full, which was something I think he felt kind of sad about and yeah he felt that with you know you can't you just can't include that in the film if Mm. you want to have a a pacey film yeah so he was like loving loving on the dvd special features which we love too and we're still campaigning netflix (laughs) and that's it um that's one of the things that i really do love about the dvd format is the um filmmakers that really take advantage take advantage of it and get excited by it yes you know the film the introduction to be like how good is this? I can tell you like yes. why I made this yes. and how important it is yeah. and what everything, like some people really embraced it yeah. and that's, you know, just a shout out to the DVD format. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Just a shout out um, for David uh, Winner. He wasn't in it, was he? Yeah. So briefly at the start, he played um, the theater troupe writer that got kicked off at Christian. Oh, that's a David Winner. Yeah. Oh my God, the best. And he gets a title bill card at the end too. Really? Says, and David Winner. Oh, I was like, bless. Do you know they're bringing Sea Change back? It's back, man. What the fuck? Yeah. I didn't realise. I thought that. I knew they were bringing it back. 
but I thought it was they were rerunning the old one. Turns out it's a whole new yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't know if Wenham's back though. No, I haven't seen him. Yeah. Old mate Sigurd Thornton's there. I, I, stealing like, a baby, like, if the ads are anything to be believed. Yeah, I have <laughs> two people talking at work about it. Yeah. So I'm not That's sure if you know. I know that she's <laughs> yeah. back and I know the mayor and his wife are back. Yes, they're back. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good yeah. TV show. Um, anyway, Sea Change podcast from Paul and Beck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon. I wanted to give a shout out to Carolyn O'Connor, who plays the actress who um, tells the Duke, mm. who hints to the Duke. Very evil, very well yeah. played, and oh, a fantastic really dancer. Ruins it for everyone in this film, I really. Yeah, but yeah. she was real jealous. Huh? Yeah, I know. Why isn't she the star, you know? Why yeah. does Satine get all the glamour? Oh, I've got some Satine facts that blew my mind oh, too. tell me, Nicole. She wore a wig for the whole thing. Oh, really? I thought the whole reason that she'd have the red hair was because that's like, you her know, hair. Nicole's yeah. red hair. So that. Blew my mind. Hmm. Also, you know her diamonds? Yes. Real diamonds? Whoa. Yeah, $1 million worth of diamonds. Oh my god. What do you need that for, Baz? Why? Why did you, why did you go, hey, 20th Century Fox, our diamond budget is $1 million? Like, and they're like, sure, yeah, sure, no yeah, worries. Fine. Like, <laughs> what's going on there? Wow, I did not yeah. know that. Didn't get to keep them. <laughs> really? She'll yeah. have her own. Well, I'm actually, that wasn't listed, oh, maybe. Okay. Um, she broke her leg or arm. Falling off that thing right at the start. You know when she first comes down off the... Oh, wow, yeah. She's got this swinging seat thing that she comes down into the crowd of um, from the roof. Yeah. That's also part of why it got pushed back. Can't remember if it was a leg or an arm or something. She broke something. A limb of some sort. A limb of some sort. Also, they wore real corsets with whale bones. Bruises all over the place. Yep. And... um, Oh, it hurts me. Yeah. Yep. And uh, (laughs) I wrote down a quote. Baz would say, but hey, it looks great. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Thanks, Baz. Thanks, Baz. Looking forward to Baz's got his next production in Elvis Presley biopic. Oh, is he doing that? Mm. I've been I've heard about the permissions from this person were granted and yeah. Lana Del Rey is gonna play that person. And maybe Harry Styles rumoured to be Elvis. Harry Styles mm. oh, he could pull that off. Actually oh, yeah. I haven't seen him act. I never saw um Dunkirk. Yeah, Dunkirk. No, me either. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you could tell me what it was like. Yeah, all gonna be shot on the Gold Coast. Oh, great. Mm. Anyway. And oh no, and and Moulin Rouge the musical musical yes, that's it soon to arrive actually I'm not sure next year I think 2021 2021 so, yeah. um, in Melbourne yeah Sydney sorry yeah you miss out well obviously like it's a cultural <laughs> wasteland it's a cultural <laughs> wasteland um, that is really offensive <laughs> to our Sydney listeners and we're very sorry no Moulin Rouge and that's what I really took out of this was. I, it was a two-hour ad for that musical because I'm going to see that and love it. Oh, yeah. This is crying out to be a yeah. stage show. Oh, yeah. Oh, I actually haven't talked about the fact that it was a stage show already in the sale. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the sale theatre. Yeah, and they cleared all the rights for that. Yeah, that was yeah, all, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been and done. No, well, Disney owns 20th company. Century Fox now. Disney's got a... <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> litigation history. Yeah. It was great. I'm sure it was. I did not go in it because I wanted to watch it, but mm. I was in all of their other stuff, yeah. including a production of um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Brilliant. Which I'm sure was also cleared. Yeah. Yes. Famously, the rights to that in Australia have been unavailable Cheap. to amateur <laughs> companies. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, let's cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> Except in sales, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, no, <laughs> sales, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that small country town just uh, raking it in. Yep. Yep.
I think we've um, Moulin this rouge <laughs> as much as we can. Okay. No? That's a good try. That's good, yeah. We're keeping it in. Uh, what's going to happen to the DVD? All our decluttering fans want to know. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, it's no surprise for anyone, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep it. I'm not quite ready to chuck it out. Well, that's an exciting end. Yeah. Should we leave it there? I think so. I think we're off to see a film. Yes. We're going to go miff it up with John Lithgow. Woohoo! I love that guy. Me too. Um, did you watch, did you watch um, Dexter? I've got the DVD, so... I did watch it, DVDs. but I didn't get up to his series. Oh, I think I watched series the first great. three series. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. All right, well... We're, we're DVD clutter. <laughs> yes, we are. You can follow us on Instagram. Yep, and Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. We post some great content. The, Insta, the Instagram account's great. The Twitter account needs a bit of a kick. <laughs> Who's um, running which yeah, one, Paul? <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks very much. And um, we'll see you next week. Or at MIF. Or at MIF. Bye. Bye. And we just need to do some more trashy films. Oh, yeah. I'll go back to the trash bucket. Oh, no. Yeah.